from State Street in the heart of Chicago. You are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yurko. Live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good Karma Brands radio station. Miller, Barstool Chief, in for Carmen and Yurko today here on the final Carmen and Yurko show of the 2023 calendar year. Boys will be back on January 2nd, I'm sure, reacting to the college football playoffs. Yep. You up for that? You ready? You got, I'm, do you I'm have ready. Your, you have your viewing plan carved out yet, or are you just... Uh, I always, New Year's Day, make a giant pot of chili, and I just... That's sit, right. Yeah. I, I worked with you last year. I remember yeah. you mentioning the chili. It's an award-winning chili. Oh, I got that. Joe Flam, shout out Joe good. Flam, who won uh, Top Chef. He has Rosemary, a couple other spots in mm-hmm. Chicago. He, I uh, won an award. He said it was great. Look so, you, yeah, beat White Sox Dave in it. Lottie, yeah. you'll have to, uh, if it's not, I don't know, is it a family family secret? Will you share your recipe or no? I, you know, I don't measure out any of the seasonings or the spices. It's kind of too taste, but I can, I'll tell you. I'm okay. not going to tell anybody All right. else. All right. Yeah. I might have to, yeah, pick your yeah. brain for that because I'm always up for mm-hmm. a good chili. Uh, again, Barstool Chief Jeff Meller in for Carmen and Yurko. So, you make the chili, then, and you're just going to kick back at home and watch the games, then? Is that the plan? Yeah, I might you... place a few wagers. Right. But I, well, yeah, I, I would expect that goes without saying. Yeah, I've, I've gotten into, uh, you know, because I like J.J. McCarthy, and people apparently on the internet hate his guts. So I am now going to become, like, the number one J.J. McCarthy fan on, on Twitter and on the internet. So I will be cheering along. I hope they smoke Bama, and then uh, and, and he has a good game. That's, that's, my, that's my goal. And I also... Because I want Harbaugh, and I think he's more likely to leave if he wins the championship. That I'm rooting for Michigan to win everything. Mm-hmm. That no, that makes sense. And of course, the the uh, Monday New Year's Day, you have the Rose Bowl. Of course, Alabama, Michigan, number four versus number one. That kicks things off. I believe uh, four o'clock is the first game, and then of course Texas and Washington will be playing in the Sugar Bowl. That game will kick off probably sometime around eight o'clock. I think it's yeah. scheduled for seven forty-five. But honestly, the old the old man in me wishes that even it wouldn't be necessarily fair to Washington. Just put them in the Rose Bowl too. have an old old Big Ten pack 10 Washington against Michigan Rose Bowl for uh, for a semifinal. Yeah, I love that. The, the nostalgia. Yeah. It, it just doesn't feel the same. Although I do wonder, like, you know, you, you know, you're in your 30s. I'm in my early 40s. And I wonder how many people who are in their 20s even really know what probably not old traditional matches are because we've been going for so long now um and by the way we will of course be carrying those games right here on espn 1000 so if you are out and about on new year's day driving around we will have you covered for the college football playoff all right full phone lines want to talk bears no surprise there let's get after it let's try carl who's hanging out in aurora carl what's going on you're on carmen and yerk hey gentlemen how you doing doing well how are you good Quick question. So assuming the conversations you guys are having, I have every day with my friends at work and it's, you know, it's, it's just crazy, but assuming you're not sold on Caleb Williams at one and you get a Godfather type offer for that pick, you know, the offer you can't refuse Mm -hmm. multiple picks, maybe a starter, assuming there's a second round pick in there, are you better off keeping Justin drafting, try to get Harrison or Malik neighbors, one of the two offensive tackles, failing that, one of the edges, 
And in the second round, kind of what you're saying, I'm not so much in love with McCarthy, but Bo Nix, Penix Jr., or McCarthy, and have a quarterback to develop going forward, kind of like Green Bay's done for the last 20 years and has worked for them. So I'll hang up. I look forward to hearing sure. what you guys have to say. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Yeah, Thanks, Merry Christmas. People, the, the Bo Nix people, I think he might genuinely be older than Justin Fields. So if you're if you're developing him, I think he's 24 years old. 23, yeah, no, he, 24 years old. He started old. against Justin Herbert oh, when yeah. he was at Auburn. Yeah, so that yeah, you know he's like, 23 right now. He'll be 24 in February. So when he's drafted, he'll be 24. He'll be 24 years old. Yeah, and, and, and you Fields? know what? Um, you mentioned we were mentioning Browns quarterbacks. Yeah, Chris Wanky flashbacks all of a sudden. Remember yep. the 20- Brandon Whedon. The 28-year-old, yeah, the 28, 29-year-old coming in. Um, I mean, he's not that old. It's interesting, though, Carl. It's not a bad thought if – but I, I'll say this. If, if, if I'm Ryan Poles, right, and I'm a general manager, and if, I'm, if I even have the question about Justin Fields, which I do, I'm at the point where I just don't trust. Like, the thing is, I find it interesting, everybody who says, you know, get him some more weapons, a better offensive line, I understand that, but – Everyone's afraid to trust the scouting process on these young quarterbacks mm-hmm. and say, I want to see what we have in this guy. They're more willing to say, I want to see if Justin Fields can get better if we surround him with more talent in his fourth year. Yeah. He's already like, And that's where I guess I get to the point where, yes, I think Justin Fields might be able to help you get to, he might be with, with it, like the Falcons, you mentioned it earlier, Pitts. Mm-hmm. Robinson, the defense, you know, yeah. Drake London, they have a lot of talent in place that looks pretty good. They and their offensive line also is really good. So they've got a lot of talent. So I could see a scenario where if he was paired with that group, you could see the Falcons winning the NFC South. But uh-huh. if you're going like for like, Cole Komet's pretty good tight end. Maybe he's not as explosive. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but he's more productive than Pitts. Yep. But is that a Pitts problem or is that an Arthur, or an Arthur Smith problem? Or an Arthur too. Smith problem. And then you got Moore and then Harrison. Then all of a sudden it's like, are they even that much better than the Bears? Because I think the Bears line has gotten pretty good. Maybe you yeah. draft Joe Walt with the other pick and all of a sudden like you are the Atlanta Falcons. But I, and see, and that's where I get to the point, though. I think Justin Fields might be able to lead, team, lead a team to the playoffs. But... When it gets down to it, and we're talking about these, you know, making a deep run into the playoffs, I haven't seen enough from him as a passer inside the pocket where I feel like I can truly trust him. And this goes back to a little bit like Lamar Jackson, right? Like Lamar Jackson, I think, is has proven he's probably on his way to his second MVP. He now he's he's gotten better as a scrambler when he breaks the pocket. He's looking to throw. Yep. And those, you know, those um, those off platform throws that he makes and plays that he makes he's better than justin fields has even demonstrated i like i know it like in so that's where i get to sure it might be something where you could you can get to the playoffs with justin but i don't think you're likely going to win big with justin yeah i i i I do think it's possible because everyone's like oh it's a quarterback driven league it's this it's that there just aren't like it's hard to find those guys you know, and in another previous caller brought up like that Jets, you know, with Zach Wilson and you know uh, Mac Jones and Fields was in that draft, and they're just 
there's more misses on quarterbacks in the first round. Like Jake Locker back in the day for the Titans was like, I think a ninth overall pick. Uh, man, you know, Emmanuel with Buffalo. Like there's there's a long list of just busts in the first round. Sure. And it's like you know Fields can can do a job. It might not be you know it's not never going to be an MVP level, but he can do a job. And if you, it, is it really worth it to just roll the dice? And that's where that's what I wrestle with every day. And I don't I still don't know what side mm-hmm. of the fence I'm on. Uh, at this point, I think it would it would have to. I'll have to see what the Godfather quote unquote offer is for that number one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make him an offer, Cameron. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And uh, th- before I before I decide, because I I do think I don't hate that idea of of taking a quarterback the second round. I don't want it to be Bo Nix or, but. But I also think if you're taking a quarterback in the second round, you should probably be trading fields, too. I, that's exactly it. Yeah. If, if, yeah, if you're doing that, you've kind of made your decision. Let's try right. Chris, who's in Tinley Park. Chris, what's going on? Hi. Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. So with, uh, with Caleb Williams, their, their appetite for Caleb Williams, I was watching that game where Caleb didn't play in the bowl game, mm-hmm. but Miller Moss did. Mm-hmm. And Miller Moss just, I mean, he was lights out. I mean, he had that six-touchdown yep. game, and uh, he looked phenomenal. Is it so much Caleb Williams, or is it the supporting cast that he has around him? Because if you tell me that Caleb, you know Miller Moss is just as phenomenal as Caleb Williams, then you know we might have you know discussion there. But the thing is, I think he's got a great supportive cast. So my whole thing is, maybe we should be looking at it from a coaching standpoint. And I know there's been talk about Eberflus, but people who develop the quarterbacks, you know, I've seen Bears players go on to other teams and become just very prolific in their positions. And, you know, and maybe we need somebody to maybe get something more out of who I already have, maybe build up that supportive cast around him. But, um, you know, the uh, Trojans finished up at seven and five. They were seven and five prior to the ball game. And if you have a lights out quarterback, I would imagine, especially at the college level, that your record would be a little bit better. Sure. So, well, so here's yeah. the, I think the I think most people would tell you that USC actually the, the supporting cast wasn't all that. Yeah, it took year. a big hit from last year for sure. A lot of people think part of the reason that Caleb Williams had a down year, at least in comparison, because the stats were still pretty eye popping, still putting up fifty a game basically. Yeah, like the defense that the USC Trojans were trotting out this year wouldn't stop anybody. Right. It, you know, Caleb Williams. This is where, too, I think when you get to the some people when they compare him to Patrick Mahomes, I he- I've heard Todd McShay say Mahomes at Texas Tech knew that they weren't going to stop at anybody. So yeah. basically, he knew every time out when they had the ball, they had to score a touchdown. That was the mentality. I think Caleb Williams may have fallen into that trap a little bit this year for what it's worth. Yeah. You know, you know that's, 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 a, that's me kind of. Um, have you seen Caleb Williams' record against top 25 teams? I haven't looked at it recently. It's atrocious. Okay. <laughs> like, and so the only one that pops in my head right now is that Notre Dame game from this year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he got, he got... I know Utah, he did not... Like, another top 25 yeah. team, one of the better defenses he played. He mm-hmm. didn't have a great se- a great game either. Per- yeah, him personally. Yes. And one, uh, Sorry, one thing about the Miller-Moss thing. So... USC had 20 opt-outs last or in that game, and mm-hmm. Louisville had 11. Yeah. So I just kind of think it's kind of impossible to glean I, anything from I these agree. bowl games that aren't the playoff the chuck wagon charlie bevins great point i'm glad you brought that up because that was rattling around in my brain a little bit too i don't know what to do with bowl games these days if it's not the playoffs yeah 
I I never know what to do. The no. Bowl games are so that's what makes bowl season great. Like you just you never knew, and now with all the it's opt outs, it's truly too. like you're throwing a dart. It's truly gambling. Yeah. If you're yeah. betting on bowl games just to keep you entertained, more power to you. Right. But you know, having a a smart read on what's happening with all the opt outs, it's it's, it's like a it's damn near impossible. Like yeah. that, that JSN game that kind of made him famous. Yes, against Utah when he had mm-hmm. 300 Set yards. The record. He, he was going against Utah's running back as his quarterback, <laughs> and then. He kind of missed half the next year, but I think that stuck with us yeah. all in our memory. And then, you know, obviously a, the story is yet to be written on him, but yeah. it wasn't fireworks rookie season. Right. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I, you know what helped him, too, is that Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave kept saying that JSN is the best receiver yeah. of our group. So that didn't that certainly helped right. him as well. well. I believe you. Um, <laughs> yeah. But he was hurt a lot this year, so we'll see. Uh, mm-hmm. He looks like he's, you know, he caught he's the hurt touchdown. a lot last year. On Ohio that's State, true. too. Yeah. That is true, yeah. Um, he did catch the uh, Monday night uh, touchdown yep. winner for the Seahawks uh, a couple weeks ago against the Eagles. 312-332-3776. Taking your calls, talking Bears and Falcons on the lakefront on Sunday. I'm Jeff Meller. He's Barstool Chief in for Carmen and Yerko. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Jeff Meller alongside Ryan Brandel, a.k.a. Barstool Chief. Yeah, I would say that, you know, Justin is, is focused on there. this game right here. Doing? And he's focused on the Loose? finishing of no, this no, season. No. And that's what everybody's focused on. All right, enough of that. I've heard enough from that guy. Enough of that. (laughs) Um, We're talking about Justin here with you, not with Floose. All right, so 312-332-3776 if you want to jump on in. Tom is in Toledo. You're on with uh, Meller and Barstool Chief in for Carmen York. What's up, Tom? Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for making it. Has anybody ever stopped and wondered what Justin feels about all this? I mean, well, he was asked actually yesterday about it, or not yesterday, but Wednesday when he met the media. You know what? I've been a fan my whole life. I'm 70 years old. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm an old fart. And I've seen him come and go in Chicago. And, you know, I've been up and down and up and down. But, you know, if I were a quarterback, even coming out, I'm not sure I'd want to come to Chicago. The way, yeah. the, way the media is throwing Justin Fields under the bus. I mean, I don't get it. The kid, if, if God were to pick up a chisel. And say, make me a quarterback. <laughs> yes, yes. That's the dude, man. He, he's physically imposing. He proved it. Well, he th- no. proved it. It's Getsy. Getsy is, you know what? You get that kid the right coaching, mm-hmm. and I'm telling you, Super Bowl is written all over him. Super Bears, Super Bowl, Tom. Now, has he proved it? That's the question. Like, he's right. He's chiseled. Yeah. The wow plays are undeniable. We haven't had as many wild plays this year. You're right. We haven't, like, that 1,100-yard rushing year, like, that's like a question that I can't seem to find an answer to. Where did the dynamic runs go? I think, I, think the, I think defenses, though, are more attuned to the fact that they're not going to let him beat them with his legs. I yeah. think you, you, had, you saw more of that this year. Defensive coordinators in the NFL adapt pretty quickly, mm-hmm. and that's why I think we've... I see someone asked earlier, uh, Ryan... They they asked you know does he is he better this year I'm not sure like I I mean they he, had that stretch in the middle of last year where they're putting up 30 points a game. yeah and then we haven't seen any of that consistency this and year. and I don't think you can consistently win that way in the NFL like that's the problem I think that's why you know when everyone was critical of Luke Getzey the way they started the season against the Packers which I was abysmal mm-hmm. but. 
part of the reason why they, they, I think they pushed so hard to have a game from inside the pocket was they wanted to see if they could win that way with Justin Fields because I, they understand it's not really sustainable to have your quarterback rush for 11, 1,200 yards and take the hits and pounding that he was taking last yeah. year. It, like, you're, you're basically asking for your quarterback to be injured at some point. Yeah, which, I mean, you got injured this way, injured yeah. this year anyways. But I don't know. I, it feels like they they may have, like, rushed into that. It's like, well, let's do the things that he does well and we'll phase in the other things over the course of the year. I think that's that's a fair criticism. Yeah, is it, that it they, felt like I've said it yesterday too, like where they were trying to make him Drew Bledsoe, Dan Marino, Tom Brady back there. Yeah. It's like a, he he should be a guy that it's like he has options and reads, and even if it's a half field read, and then it's like you know what, let him let him run, let him pick up six yards, let him make, make it second and four instead of second and ten, and uh, give him the freedom to do that. And it just felt like, hey, you stay in the pocket no matter what, and uh, we're gonna play the the strengths of the design rather than the player. I think that was the point of emphasis in the preseason. I think also then when you got into the game against the Packers, we saw that they harped on it so much that it did maybe handcuff him a little bit and yeah. then he spoke out about mm-hmm. the fact that he felt like he was being overcoached of course that famous press conference from i think it was week three this has been the longest year when he had to, <laughs> when he had to walk it back yeah. uh, to the media because he didn't like the way that it was uh, all yeah. of a sudden being taken and uh run with on all the socials let's try mike who's in byron mike you're on carmen yerk with meller and brandel what's up hey happy holidays guys take take my call i just want to mention that Ryan Poles has done a fantastic job with the draft, getting D.J. Moore, getting the pick from the Panthers, and then building this team. What I'd like to see is them build it from the offensive line, defensive line out in order to run the ball like they did last week. Okay, if we can run the ball, we can maintain, we can close out the clock. He's learning that. Getsy is learning that. And uh, also, I think... Justin Fields could be signed for his tender, his rookie tender, and then they've all, you know, they can draft a quarterback number one, or they can do it down the line. They're supposed to be. I was listening to Jeremiah, Daniel he Jeremiah. Yep. Yeah, ten wide receivers, uh, like eight left tackles, and then eight quarterbacks in the top fifty. He's looking at right now. Ooh. So I mean, that's that's huge. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, I think they can pick somebody up down the line. You know, if they if they if Ryan Poles is smart enough, man, he's proven he is. He can get draft capital and build this team around Justin Fields. If he doesn't work out by game eight next year, hey, we're trading him. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what you think. might not have the number one pick next year would be the would yeah. be the issue. And I think Poles has been has been good, but the big decisions, which would be the Claypool hiring the coaching staff or the co- at least the head coach, and then what to do about Fields because if Stroud is great and then they swing and miss on Fields and the quarterback in this draft, well, then you miss your opportunity at a great quarterback. Exactly. So I, I think overall, I'd give him a passing grade, but I I'm not. If you were like, you have to bet on him being the general manager in two years, I would not. I wouldn't take that bet. I'll tell you what's going to determine whether or not he's the GM in two, in two years is what happens this yes, offseason. Yes, exactly. His, and that, you know, that's one of the things where they'll never, no one will ever say it out loud. But the job preservation, also, that aspect that comes into being a general manager of any sports yep. team, right? 
Justin Fields, not my guy. Give me my guy. You get four years. He creates, yes, he creates the narrative and a little bit more runway. I believe that's the term that Robert Mays kept using yesterday. Mm -hmm. You give yourself more runway and a path forward. And that runway has to do with cap space, too. Absolutely. Where you can give yourself more talent to surround the quarterback in place. Look, if, if Ryan Poles is sold on Caleb Williams, I'll reference to Charles Robinson did the article on Yahoo where he asked seven general managers around the league what they would do if they had the first overall pick and Justin Fields, if they were Ryan Poles. All seven said that they would draft Caleb Williams Hmm. and they would trade Justin Fields. And then after he posted that, he actually came on with Waddle and Sylvie and three more GMs got back to him. Eight and nine also said that they would draft Caleb Williams. It took until the 10th GM for someone to finally say, that no, they would move forward with Justin Fields and they would actually trade the first overall pick for some assets. So around the league, the general thought process it seems to be they, they would draft Caleb Williams. And if Ryan Poles is of that mind, mind frame, if he's a believer in Caleb Williams, I'd be surprised if he passes up on it. I don't care how good the offer is. Yeah. If you think you've got your ne- your great quarterback in hand. Needs, yeah. And the thing is, most GMs, a lot of GMs don't get the opportunity to select the number one quarterback in a draft. Right. That's where Ryan Poles has this unique opportunity. Yeah. And I do think he's better than Bryce Young, Caleb Williams. Oh, but it's, yeah. You yeah. know, but it's just... <sighs> well, you know what, though? And we'll have to see what what he measures at the combine, right? Yeah. If he's 6'1", I think a lot of people will feel much better about Caleb Williams. If he comes in, though, at six foot, and it's silly, it's one inch, but all of a sudden, you, you when you see those guys try and look over yeah. their offensive line and they can't see, that's where things get a little bit tricky. Mm-hmm. Let's try uh, Dean, who's downtown. Downtown Dean, what's going on, bud? Cheeky Jeff Miller, good afternoon. And Barstool Chief, pleasure to talk to you for the first time. I know your colleagues, uh, Dante and Eddie, they come into Carson's all the time. Oh, yeah, great spot. Uh, God bless your uh, boss for flushing down $1 million on Monday night. So uh, that's pretty good. Also, just wanted to add... Downtown Dean is the biggest Jersey Jerry fan there is. It was always Jersey Jerry. <laughs> Everybody loves Jerry. Everybody loves Jerry. Genuine good guy, as I'm learning since he moved here. Yeah, so my two quick Bears thoughts. Absolutely, I think you draft Marvin Harrison with that number one pick. I don't really care what you do with QB. Uh, I don't think, you know, I know that that conference is a joke, that Pac-12 conference, mm. but I think any, any QB can go there and sling it with Lincoln Riley coaching over there. I would not take Caleb Williams with the first pick. I would definitely take Marvin Harrison for a variety of reasons. Like you said, Chief, it rarely pans out. There's too many busts on the first yeah. round with the QBs. And then the other thing I wanted to add, guys, because I tried calling yesterday, but I couldn't get this point in when you guys were talking coaching. You don't, if you want Harbaugh, which I wouldn't if I was a Bears fan, you don't need Michigan to win. The chosen one, Tyler Aki, has already gone on record and said sanctions and punishments handed down by the powers that be. NCAA is going to force his hand to go to the NFL. So if the Bears show him the money, he'll come there. If I were a Bears fan, I'd want Mike Tomlin. You see these guys like Antonio Gates and Mike Tomlin, and it's funny because another one of these guys is Harbaugh's brother, the complete opposite of him. These guys like playing for guys like that. The players in the NFL get tired. His act gets stale quickly, A a guy like Jim Harbaugh. That's why his brother has been there for so long, because people like playing for him. You guys have a good New Year. Take that, fellas. Good stuff, Dean. Thanks for the call. Appreciate that was a it, good my call. man. Yeah. I, you know, look, at Harbaugh's won everywhere. So if he, if he gives you if, four or five good years and yeah. then he has to move on, I'm, I'm fine with yeah. that. Bears haven't been confident in I'm, forever. 
He, he uh, I, listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm up. Sign me up for the Jim Harbaugh experience if they can make it happen. Mm. I'd be. What do you think about Tomlin? No. No, uh, you know what? Like I know he's won the the winning seventy wins I think over yeah. five hundred in his career. However, the last few years, you know, he's gotten a lot of mileage out of never being under five hundred, right? Yep. And when you kind of just go nine and eight, or if it's nine and seven before they move to seventeen games, okay, you know, you got yep. a winning record, but is, are you doing a, are you doing a little bit of the, what Lovey Smith did? You know, where he'd always win those last couple games at the end of the year. You know, prop up the record a little bit, but you never really were a serious, yeah. you know, Super Bowl contender. Mike Tomlin concerns me a little bit because I don't want to trade assets for him. If you, if, if, if the Steelers move on, though. Yeah, yeah that, but like, I don't want to trade a first round pick for no, him. No, 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 no. Um, even a future first. Like, I, I don't want to give up a first round pick for Mike Tomlin. I'm more interested in someone like Ben Johnson, a guy who has taken Jared Goff as a reclamation project. And, you know, I'll tell you what. Dan Campbell better have his his eyes dotted and his T's crossed because if Ben Johnson takes a job and leaves next year and the the Lions offense falls off a little bit because that defense is not very good. Yeah, it's uh, not like all of a sudden the Dan Campbell love will fade away pretty quickly if Ben Johnson leaves and the Lions are not nearly as good as they were last year. But I think that group is a perfect example of coaching to what your talent is. Look, they built a great Let's offensive line. Guy. Right or or that mindset, okay? Like it's like, hey, like we don't have Patrick Mahomes. We have a guy who who can sling it around a little bit. He's got a good arm, but it's like we we're going to build through the offensive line. We're going to draft another great tight end, play you know to give us weapons over the middle, and we're going to sign David Montgomery, and we're going to draft a running back high, which nobody does. And people laughed at them for drafting they Jameer did. Gibbs, You're right about that. and he's been awesome. He- and they pound the rock and take their chances where where they need to, kind of like. The Browns. They're like the Browns, but without that great defense. Mm. I and Dallas used to be that way too. If there's a way to get this team to a, like consistently win eleven games, and I think the defense is getting close, and that's where it's like the thing with Fields. Like, do you want to start over? Because the rest of your team, the rest of your fifty three is getting pretty good. Do yes. you want to take a step backwards with a rookie quarterback when you're? You could make an argument that if the coaching staff didn't cost them three games this year, they're in the playoffs. We're probably not even talking about Caleb Williams. And that's where you get you, you fall down on. Do you think you know? Do you think there's taking a step backwards? I'm not necessarily sure. Uh, a change in quarterback won't be an improvement, but of course, if it's a rookie, I think that you might. T- I mean, Stroud. How often do guys come in? No, you're, Stroud right is away. kind of unique. but yeah. I don't even think Caleb Williams or Drake may need to be Stroud level good. I think they might be. A better passer in the pock from the pocket that actually helps bring this Bears to another level. But yeah, again, it's possible. That's, that's kind of in the eye of the beholder in terms of the Justin Fields yeah. great debate that we continue to have here on ESPN 1000, which will also continue right on through probably April when we get to the NFL draft. He's Barstool Chief. I'm Jeff Meller. Up next, we have to let you hear from the Jeff Dickerson Good Guy Award winner. He was named yesterday. We'll let you find out uh, who it was. And also, I see Carmen Yerko Staple, Pauly Cheesecake on the line. He's got some picks to share with us. We'll do that coming up next right here on ESPN 1000. Zoning out on that Zoom meeting? Zoom, 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 Zoom. Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Jeff 
Miller alongside Barstool Chief. We're in for Carmen Yurk as we wrap up the final Carmen Yurko show of the 2023 calendar year. Of course, the boys will be back on Jan 2 after New Year's Day to break down a, another Bears game against the Falcons. And I'm sure, of course, plenty of college football talk as well as the national championship will be set by then. We'll have the national championship games for you right here on ESPN 1000 on New Year's Day. So if you're out and about driving around and you want your college football fix, we will be your supplier. All right, uh, I mentioned the Jeff Dickerson Good Guy was awarded yesterday, and Eddie Jackson was named the winner as the guy who you know, does the best job of helping the media do their job, being cordial and do, you know, giving them access so that the media can then relay Bears fans information that they mm-hmm. need to be aware of. Eddie Jackson talked about winning the Jeff Dickerson Good Guy Award yesterday with Jeff Dickerson's parents, George and Sandy, in attendance there to hand out the award to Bears safety, Eddie Jackson. First off, I'd like to thank everyone in here. Um, you know, also Jeff, you know, the times I met him, you know, nice, humble guy. Um, always asked the right positive questions. Um, so, you know, us as players, you know, we always thankful for that, as most of you guys in here do, but not everyone. Um, to his family, uh, <laughs> just want to say thank you guys for being here. Uh, it means a lot. Um, like I said, the times I met your son, it was always a great conversation. Um, very humble, nice, respectful guy. And, um, you know, you guys did a fine job of raising him. So I'm honored to you know, accept this award. Nice words there from Eddie Jackson again receiving the Jeff Dickerson Good Guy Award on the two-year anniversary of the death of Jeff Dickerson, our colleague here, and not just a colleague, but friend, great guy. Um, That's why they handed the award out yesterday on December 28th to commemorate, of course, the anniversary of J.D.'s death. So uh, just uh, good to see Eddie Jackson, who has been a good guy for the majority of his career here in Chicago, win the award. One more from Eddie Jackson talking about how this season has been. I feel like it was one of the most craziest seasons I had, honestly. And I told the guys that, like, I never experienced nothing like that. Like, losing a coordinator, um, the season off to, you know, not the type of start we thought we was going to have. Then guys going down, getting banged up, me going out, missing six games. Um, then another coach resigning. It was just it was just so, so crazy. But one thing we learned is, like, you know, um, destruction comes first, you know, like – Things has to be teared down for for you to see the glory of it in the end. So I feel like it's something bright, honestly, man. Like it's it's something good coming to this team, um, and that's just like with life. You know, when you go through troubles and tri- trials and tribulations through life, man. At the end of that tunnel is always light. So I feel like it's something special with this team, man. And it sucks that we we caught fire um, late in the season, especially as a defense. But like I said, certain things you can't control, man, with the injuries and things like that. But I mean, it's it's definitely been a different season for us. And I feel like every player in that locker room would tell you this is probably one of the craziest seasons that they experienced. I think you hear a little bit from Eddie Jackson as to why he won the award, because he's willing to reference some things that yeah. the Bears have not really have just wanted he's to, little, to sweep under the rug. coming. Yeah, yes. he's honest. Yeah, which is that's the authenticity is, the I think, the key to everything. So that was that was a good soundbite there from Eddie Jackson. And, yeah, I think he sounds just like us. Like, yeah, it was it was a like, wild season. With, yeah, we had a coordinator fired, and then another coach and... had to resign. A couple of HR issues. It was, it's been a it's been a long. It's like a it's been a saga. This will be one of those Bears years that we 
we will always reference and remember. It's, it's not like going this away. And the Trustman years are going to go. To, you know, yes. they live in infamy. They absolutely will. Let's uh, go on out to Paulie Cheesecake, who's in New Jersey. Of course, the what's staple. up, guys? Paulie, what's up, doing? Listen, Barstool, I never talked to you before. It's, it's nice to talk to you. I, I've heard all about you, so I'm I'm glad you called in. What do you? Yes, get, get? Uh, uh, listen, uh, there's I swear there's a towing company in Jersey called DeFalco's. Well, I'm sure Carmen has his uh, hand in that, Polly. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't let him tell you otherwise if he tries to, you know, pretend okay, like okay. he doesn't have uh, a, a And uh, by it. the way, I, ha- I had a nice Christmas. Beautiful. And uh, everything was good, you Polly, know. Polly, Polly, what was the cheesecake for uh, Christmas uh, that you brought out? Uh, it was butterscotch, butterscotch banana. Oh, baby. Sounds tasty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I got fireworks for Sunday. Fireworks for the New Year's, huh? Yes. All right. Be Just careful. Be, be careful. Yeah, yeah. Always, you know, don't don't I, go JPP I'll, I'll on do, anyone. I'll do it by the trees. I promise. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, listen, last week I went three and zero. I'm hot. Okay. Damn right. What do we got this yeah, week, Polly? Three and zero and five. Listen. Also, five of my last six. You sound like the Bears. Look at you. You're Joe Flacco over here. I, I'm uh, I'm hotter than a firecracker. Love it. What do you got for okay. this week, Polly? This week I have. Give me L.A. over New York. Um, be more specific. The Rams, over the Rams, okay. Yeah. Uh, give me the Eagles over the Cardinals. I know they're 12, 11, I think 11, but, you know, oh, but that's, so it's okay. okay. Hold on here, hold yeah. on. Let me confirm yeah. that real quick. You said you, you want the Eagles. You're going to lay the points. They are right yeah, now. Yeah. They're, they're a 12-point favorite over the Cardinals. Okay, is that, that, is that, that okay? Like, well, it's fine. All right. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. And like, then also, you know, I think, I don't, I don't know if Barcelona knows this, but I'm a huge Miami fan. Okay. He's learning. No, so, I'm seeing the Dolphins. I, okay. so, you're, so you're taking the Dolphins. They have this is this is a marquee matchup. This is probably for uh, the number one seed in the AFC. Yeah. The Dolphins, and, and, I, I, and I know Dan Marino gave him a cheesecake too. Oh, all so, right. So the Dolphins visiting the Raven, Ravens. You will uh, yeah. take the three and a half points that you're getting yeah. with Miami yeah. on the road. Yeah. All right, yeah. Polly, we got you down, okay, my guys, man. And uh, listen, I'll and I'll talk to the guys next week. Uh, have a happy new year, guys. Yeah, you same too. to you. And stay safe, Polly. Okay. Be careful with okay. those fireworks, my friend. Thanks for checking in, Polly Cheesecake. I might have to tail him. I've been ice cold, so he's got the. He likes the Rams minus five and a half against the Giants. He threw me for a loop there. Like I don't have the the, the NFL the schedule. York, I, was like, yeah. I was like, L.A. New York. Like, the Jets uh, against the yeah. Chargers. And what do we got here? Yeah. Um, he's got the Eagles. He's, he's laying a big number there, 12 against the Cardinals, and then finally the Dolphins getting three and a half against the Ravens. I'm interested to see that game. That will be uh, – mm-hmm. we'll see if the Dolphins can win two games in a row. I wish that was the primetime game. It should have fucked that up. But Packers-Vikings instead for Sunday Night Football. He's Barstool Chief. I'm Jeff Meller. We're in for Carmen and Yurko. Up next, it's your chance to qualify for a trip with Carmen and Yurko to Kentucky, the Woodford Reserve Distillery, when you hear the call to post coming up next. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. There you go. That is your cue right now to call Carmen and Yurko's trip to Kentucky, the Woodford Reserve Distillery. We're counting down 150 days to the 150th running of the Kentucky Derby presented by Woodford Reserve. 
I have been once back in 2018. I was telling you, Chief, it was a fantastic time. Maybe one day. Yeah, I'm hoping to get there. I, I bought into a stable uh, at the beginning of COVID. We've had a couple of horses that are like tracking mm. that they might qualify for. Maybe not the actual Kentucky Derby, but a race that day. So I'm holding out hope that I'm going to ride my own horse to Kentucky. Uh, but if... And you were mentioning Copper Missile and Shards. Are shards are the two ones for, for Crownsway Racing. Yeah, but if you know if that doesn't work, I'm hoping to win this contest. There you go. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So uh, every Friday at 150, that's the call to the post, which you just heard. You must be 21 years old or older, and you're invited to call. And when we play that cue, which you just heard, caller number 50 right now receives a $150 gift card. That can be used towards the Twin Spires app. And then you'll be entered for a chance to win a grand prize trip to the Woodford Reserve Distillery with Carmen and Yurko in 2024. Again, you must be 21 years old or older as of December 8th, 2023, from Illinois to qualify. That, Our- that is my brand. That Woodford Reserve is my number one. It's well, my go-to. So It is apropos. That was not part of the ad read. This is just a personal endorsement. There you go. Love apropos of, uh, that you're here today mm-hmm. with us. Also here with us, as he is every Friday on the Carmen and Yurko Show, Mike North here to give us a bonus play. Of course, the odds couple you can hear tomorrow, 8 to 9, right here on ESPN 1000 and ESPN Chicago. And it's also already available for you on the ESPN Chicago app. I was just checking it out moments ago. Northy, you got a bonus play for us, my friend? Oh, yeah, you can, Jeff. How you doing, Chief? How's everybody doing over there? We're doing well. It's good to hear from you. Uh, good to talk to you guys, too, man. Listen, I heard that horn. It used to give you so much hope. You walk into Arlington, <laughs> Maywood back in the day, and then it. you go home, your pockets turned inside out. But you know what? <laughs> it's going to be a great trip. I wouldn't mind going on that trip back in the day when I was when I was drinking a little bit. But I'll tell you what, it's going to be a lot of fun. Good luck to everybody. Happy New Year to you guys. And, well. uh, you know, let's see if it's going to be a happy New Year for the New Orleans Saints, fellas. Uh, three and one the last three weeks here. I was uh, uh, at an eight and seven point, and then we started putting the uh, pedal to the metal. New Orleans, uh, you know, I love when people say Tampa Bay needs the game or New Orleans. We all need the game. We all want to win the game. Uh, you know, they, it doesn't happen that way because many times you've needed to see somebody win the game and they didn't get it done. Well, Tampa Bay is a minus two and a half. They'll probably go to minus three. They're playing the Saints. The Saints, believe it or not, in the South, guys, still have a uh, 13% chance of getting in. And what they need is some help from a team right here in town, the Chicago Bears. They're going to be playing Atlanta. What they need is to beat Tampa Bay this week, which I believe they will, getting the three, uh, with Baker Mayfield on a roll. It's a tough pick to make, but this is what it charted out. Baker Mayfield right now, uh, and he has got, uh, you know, besides Joe Flacco and a couple other guys, got player, you know, comeback player of the year, maybe. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Or at least he's going to be in the running. Mm-hmm. Uh, take New Orleans plus the three. Uh, Atlanta needs to lose. And then New Orleans uh, next week plays uh, Atlanta. The, the trick here is Tampa Bay's got to lose also next week, and they play Carolina. So uh, they got to take care of business first, guys. I like the Saints plus the three as our pick today, our bonus pick on the show. Great stuff, Northy. We will uh, be watching. And, of course, again, Mike North, you can hear him tomorrow, 8 to 9 on ESPN 1000, or you can get it right now on the ESPN Chicago app, the newest edition of The Odds Couple there for your listening approval. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, guys. Take care. Mike North as he uh, joins the guys every week here with his bonus play.
Love that. Love it. Sounds like he was maybe leaning towards a future on the Saints to win the division and maybe the Bears to beat Atlanta, too. Yeah, I, I don't think, want to put words in his mouth, but. Yeah, I believe the uh, the Saints control their own fate. They have, he mentioned, he likes the Saints getting two and a half right now, might move to three. They're on the road in Tampa. They're, uh, they're, the Saints are seven and eight. The Bucks are eight and seven. If the Saints win out, they would move to nine and eight. And because they're playing the Bucks. And they're playing the Falcons. They have a chance to squeak into the yeah. uh, NFC playoffs there, whether it be through the division or maybe even as a wild card. So. Let's give them some help. Yeah. 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 Let's uh, see what the Bears can do. Yeah. Knock off the Falcons and help them out a little bit there. That would be a uh, good thing. You know who else? You know who else could maybe use a little bit of help? Who's the that? The Bulls. <laughs> they, would, they, they would definitely benefit from not playing against Tyrese Halliburton anytime soon again. I think that was his first game back, too. So casual... 20 point, 20 assist day, first game back. Not not too bad. He might be the most fun player to watch in the league. 20 points, 20 assists, and zero turnovers. Pretty efficient. The first player to do that since Chris Paul did it. Um, that's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and the Bulls tried. They made a valiant effort to try and come back from, I think it was a 25-point deficit at one point in that game. Um, they did bring it all the way back, but then ultimately, you know, as you'll see time and time again, when you exhaust yourself in a comeback, yeah. oftentimes you don't have anything left to close it out. I will say, and I'll give Waddle credit, because as soon as Zach Levine left the lineup, Waddle started texting frequently about Kobe White really starting to come into his own without yeah. Zach Levine's presence. And I will say, the Bulls, basically for the entire month of December without Zach Levine, have been... Much more pleasurable to watch. They've been, they've been downright good. I would say, like they've been they've been competitive. They play. It makes you think that you know it's like an addition by subtraction thing. So there's all the rumors about Levine forever. Just get him out of here. It almost doesn't yeah. matter if you get anything back. Uh, and I I've always liked Billy Donovan, and it feels like you had to choose between the two of them. Give me Billy Donovan, and let's just have a, a team that plays hard. And even if they're they have. They don't have a lot of talent. Patrick Williams actually has been a little bit better, too. He was very good last night. Every single player on the Bulls roster has essentially been better in the absence of Zach Levine. You mentioned Kobe White. He's averaging almost 23 points per game throughout the month of December. Six rebounds, six assists per game. Mm -hmm. Um, He's been shooting 41% from behind the arc. So, obviously, he has certainly benefited with the increased role and shots that he's had now that um, Zach doesn't take them all. You know, DeMar DeRozan seems to fit in better without Zach there, you know, and we got a little bit of encouraging news as well yesterday. Lonzo Ball actually running. Um, Oh, good for him. Yeah, so, so, you know, I know he's like they essentially ruled him out for this season, but to hear the fact that he's running without pain, that is the first step forward. Yeah, I don't maybe even, getting back like, on the court. I don't even care if he plays again, but like it seems yes. like his let you know he can't even live a comfortable life. So I'm it's great to hear that he's running because that team when he was on it, oh. they were fun to watch and they were great. They're number one seed in the East, and as soon as he went down, they were they were never the same. And uh, so I, I really enjoyed watching him play. I hope he can be healthy. Yeah, no doubt about it. He's Barstool Chief. I'm Jeff Meller. Again, in for Carmen Yerk. Up next, we're going to cross talk with Waddle and Connor McKnight, who's in for Sylvie. Before we do that, though, let's give John Facenda today's final word. Carmen and Yurko present today's final word. Because you had to be a big shot, didn't you? You had to open up your mouth. Today's final word. On Carmen and Yuriko. Yes! 
The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won.